Welcome to Life on Purpose uh, podcast. You are a special guest because um, not only, you know, the topic that we're going to talk about, but you are closing out my season one, episode 11. So, 1-1. One, one. I'm definitely in the numbers um, and look at the meaning behind those. So, I definitely think that there's a reason behind that. So, thank you again for agreeing to come on the show and to talk about shower work. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I'm all right. I'm all right. Not doing too bad. Yeah, I appreciate it. So, like I was telling everyone, um, we are, well, before we get started, I definitely went, I'll talk a little bit about it a little later when you jump off why I'm wearing this red red shirt. Thomas Moving Services, it's a partnership that I just joined. Uh, so, if you're moving or you know anyone that's moving residential you call it jump removal um you can definitely inbox me or uh, reach out to me for the telephone number so that you can get that move going but without further delay i want to um give you a chance to introduce yourself um the title that you hold and just kind of the work that you do um for people yeah so uh my name is charles catchings on instagram i'm the mind barber. For the barbershop group. Okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Let me know if, if you can see me, if you can hear me. Um, I see I can see you, but it's a little blurry. Okay. Got it. Um, so we'll see if we can work through it. Um, but uh, yeah, in the daytime, I am a, uh, a chemical dependency counselor, and uh, I primarily work with individuals who are just out of uh, incarceration. Uh, also, some of them are living in quarter houses, uh, halfway houses, and also we do some group uh, sessions for people who are trying to get points off of their licenses. Uh, get their licenses back, things like that. There's a small portion of um, intervention involved in that, but that's what I do in the daytime. Okay. Good. So, that is, and for the people that, you know, have just maybe connected with me and maybe never listened to an episode, um, I can kind of tell you a little bit about, you know, who I am, why I decided to do Life on Purpose, what that means, and how I connected um, with that. I believe that everybody um, has a purpose and everyone doesn't necessarily tap into it once they're born. Um, I believe that um, experiences and just different things and different chapters that you go through in life will kind of show you uh, what your true purpose and what your calling is. And so for me, um, I got a revelation of that early on, maybe in my early 30s when I wrote my first book. I'm an author of 35th chapter as well as um, Confessions of a Writer. And so I got the idea to launch um, Life on Purpose to just kind of highlight um, different people that I will bring on the show, talk a little bit about their purpose and how um, it intertwines with their passions um, and how some sometimes they can kind of overrule each other. But if you're doing, I don't know, a job as a doctor and it's not your true passion, a lot of times um, you'll find yourself either um you know some of the guests that i spoke with they said if they weren't operating in true purpose um they were either depressed or they had certain addictions or they just found themselves going down a, a spiral or a web because they weren't truly doing exactly what it is that they were called to do and so that's one of the reasons why 
I wanted to highlight and do the podcast and just kind of highlight and just tell people about what purpose truly is and just kind of show some examples of people uh, getting into their purpose either early on, midlife, or later in life. So again, thank you so much for joining. But tonight, I want to talk about a topic that is very intriguing and interesting to me. I don't know a lot about it, and so that's why I reached out to you um, to see if we can kind of shed light on that um, as a topic in shadow work. Um, to be honest with you, um, my DMs, my messages blew up when I posted it. Um, a few people were, <laughs> you know, and surprisingly, they were men. So I don't know. Maybe you can shine okay. some light on that because they wanted to know, like, oh, you yeah. want to talk about the dark side? So maybe they knew. I don't know. So I definitely want to get into yeah. my son even knew. My son was like, oh, shadow work, dark side. So, and he's been <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. Right. Um, we're going to get into it. Um, I saw a quote. And I wanted to maybe, I don't know if it's early, too early on in the conversation to kind of talk about it, but it kind of intrigued me and it said, a man is whole only when he takes into account his shadow. Does that go in line or do you kind of have some thoughts on that? Um, or do you want to kind of jump into the definition of shadow work and how a person can get um, or, you know, stumbles upon it or gets involved? Okay. Well, uh, to... Uh, respond to the quote in short it's absolutely true uh, okay uh, but you know for people out there who are watching listening and, and you, you hear this this term shadow work um, and there, there are a lot of different uh, words that have been used to describe it but uh, you know when you think about shadow work yeah a lot of people do think about the dark side uh, they think about the dark side of our personality uh, that may be primitive in nature. Uh, there may be negative human emotions, uh, you know, impulses like rage, uh, envy, greed, selfishness, desire, striving for power, even all of those things that over time we've started to understand as uh, being negative, right? Those are the things that we kind of, we, we push those things to the side and, and it's kind of got a lot to do too with uh, family shame and different things that we experience as, as children, different messages that we receive. And so we deny that part of ourselves, you know, whatever we perceive to be like inferior, evil or unacceptable, they kind of become part of our shadow. And so there's a reason why a lot of men would be uh, curious about shadow work or dark work and things like that is because by nature, a lot of guys have these different emotions, thoughts, and feelings, and they never are put in a position where they can address them in any kind of healthy way at all. So that's probably one reason why you have some people going, like, hey, wait, what's up with this? What is this stuff, okay. right? Okay. Uh, but I mean, anything that's basically incompatible with the quote unquote good messages that we received about ourselves as children or teens or young men or whatever the case may be um all of those things kind of they never go away they just go to the dark side of us and they still tend to come out that's what's really interesting about it all okay 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 yeah so i, I was i was reading something else that said a lot of times you a person can identify a dark side in another person and is it true because it's something that resides within that person Right, right. So, you know, um, 
basically, that's kind of like what we would be talking about if we were speaking about projection, right? Um, Being able to, like, you see somebody who is a very envious or jealous person, and it annoys the crap out of you that that person is very envious or jealous. Well, a lot of times, if you really step back and take a look at yourself, you've got some of those same characteristics, those same emotions, those same feelings, and all of those things, too, and you just fail to address them and, and kind of like nurture those things so that they don't come out in a bad way, right? You're still able to voice how you feel without being destructive in a sense. Um, and so, yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of evidence of that. And it's not just in terms of shadow work, but I mean, there are a lot of different philosophical and psychological views that say everything that's in that person is in me too. It's about how I address it and how I nurture it and express it, okay? Uh-huh. So, and this may be off topic, but on topic. So let's say a person has take, taken the time to do therapy work um, and they quote unquote healed, right? From those mm-hmm. waves or different things that they've had. Mm-hmm. Would that into would you take that into play if a person is saying no i'm healed from that or i I, i've I've gone through that i'm healed how Mm -hmm. how would you respond to that (laughs) well you know i I don't know if if i would necessarily have a, a a judgment about that however i do caution people um a lot of times when we go to therapy for something and we think that we're healed right i, I kind of consider it a bit of like a false selfish you know a, a false self-righteous kind of like position right um the thing about shadow work is once you really delve into it you don't you don't magnify yourself but nor nor do you decrease yourself all right you are just whole just as you are and your tactics and barriers that you would be using to avoid things that you you previously avoided, right? You don't use those things anymore. So when somebody says something about you, you no longer feel the need to defend what it is that that person said, because, well, either if it's true or false, it doesn't matter. You've done the work to bring yourself back together. okay? Okay. So, so, you know, now you're not in a position where you have to be defending the truth or the lie anymore because you you have a good synergy with this quote unquote good side and this bad side. Okay, so you're kind of neutral. Yeah, yeah. Neutral. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so because I'm, I mean, you, you ahead, you've sorry. done you've done a lot of ego work. You you've done a lot of work. It's it's when you you know you're neutral. You've done a whole lot of stuff. Looked at yourself and said, wait, you know what? No, I'm not what they said about me. I'm not this lie that I told about myself. Right? You don't have to do any of that stuff anymore. Okay. Gotcha. And that's where I was getting ready to say. So it sounds like a lot of um, ego is reduced. Right. When right. you are participating in shadow work and would you say that shadow work is something that's ongoing or is it like a series or a chapter in your life or is it something that no it's a lifetime thing it 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 is um it may be more acute as you know at, at certain points um because when you when you think about the shadow self you're talking about like a disowned self right 
um, there's some things that you can eventually do to start to address uh, the shadow self. But you have to think in terms of this, you know, what if you didn't get started on that until you were 45 years old? Okay. Oh, what if you had so many things going on as a younger person, right? Layers and layers and layers of it, that it could take you longer. There's no, there's no definitive time frame for enlightenment about anything and particularly about this type of stuff. So there are some steps that a person can take, but it doesn't necessarily mean, okay, I did those things. I'm good. Because as soon as you say, I'm good, that's probably going to let you know, honestly, you got some other stuff that you need to work on, you see. Um, and, and that's something that a lot of people don't really uh, like to talk about, but it's very, very good for us. Mm. And that, and I think that was one of the questions where I had about, could there be ways that we're not showing or identifying certain parts of our shadow from day to day? And I think you may have spoken mm-hmm. on it a little where you said a person will um, find themselves um, um, committed to maybe certain th- other things. And would you call those things addiction, so to say? Or would you just say it's just certain things that they, they fall into versus right. shadow? <laughs> Excuse me. Well, you know, I, I wouldn't call them addiction necessarily. I'll, I'll go, like, we may get a chance to talk about that a little later. But, you know, one of the things about, about, shadow and repression is that a lot of this stuff just lies in our in our unconsciousness okay uh, you know it's just stuff that we truly aren't conscious of until somebody starts talking to us um, about these things you know so it it doesn't have to be something that we're actively participating in is it may be something that we just just we never gave any thought to it it the light never came on And then all of a sudden we have an experience and a light comes on or somebody says something to us and a light comes on. And now we start going, oh, wait, that's a part of me. You know, that's a part of me. And so, um, you know, a lot of this type of shadow work, this is something that you typically would do with a counselor, a therapist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, someone, you know, it's not something that a a lot of people are just going to like jump into uh, on their own because I mean it's a scary maze honestly yeah. it really is okay um, the shadow is kind of like our dark brother and a lot of people <laughs> they're not trying to deal with their dark brother like that but it's, it's something that is connected to us it's just that like when you see it I mean it could really mess you up wow so hmm, that's interesting so when you but like you said, so when you get to the place where you do see it, you're not high, you're not low, but you're you're accepting of right. that right. other side of trauma. Let's just right. say you you're accepting you're accepting of that dark side. Right. Flaws and all. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and it's it's that like there's a reason like there 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 are great reasons to to get to that point. You know. Uh, one of the things that we talk a lot about uh, in addictions counseling and with the barbershop group, right, is accepting our whole selves, right? Or if you're a woman involved with a man, you know, accepting that whole man kind of thing. And that means like the good, bad, indifferent, all of that stuff. And that's a part of who he is. It's a part of who I am. Uh, 
when we get to a point where we can start talking to the shadow, right? Recognizing the shadow, um, addressing issues of the shadow, that's when we start to become, you know, more honest with ourselves and to other people, right? Um, and that's where that growth really starts to take place. It's easy for somebody to say, oh, I did some shadow work, you know, but it's different when they start interacting with people um, and, and you can kind of see, well, wait, is this person truthful? Are they comfortable? Are they comfortable in their skin? You know, are they are they whole? Whole doesn't mean I'm perfect. Whole right. means that I'm no longer denying any part of who I am. Mm. And I think a lot of times, you know, not to go religious or spiritual, but there, there's a difference because religion teaches you, you know, a lot of times, you know, oh, I'm whole, my sins are forgiven, I am... Um, nothing is gone, all of my sins are gone and, and I don't think that that's fully embracing all of who you are so I'm glad you brought that out because that, yeah. that's important, that part is important that's huge right, absolutely, it is, it's very good it's really, really huge so I know we talked a little bit about recognizing the dark side of another person and what's ultimately happening, so you went over that um, I do want to um, I guess if they're, you know, the people that are watching or that will go back and watch and uh, watch this or even listen to the episode, um, you said if a person is interested in doing that type of work, they would need to reach out to a, um, a health professional that is a counselor, a therapist, um, some medical professional to, I guess, kind of aid and kind of aid them along with that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not something that is like absolutely you you have to call a therapist and say, hey, I want to do shadow work. Right. Uh, but but what tends to happen is when you start looking at experiences that you've had and I'll use toxic shame as an example, like toxic shame in families. OK, um, when you start looking at I always use the example of a little boy who is learning his body parts. Look, mom, this is my ear. Yay look mom my nose and he goes you know maybe mom's got some people over look my nose he learned his nose we go yay look my mouth and we go yay and then when some people are over next time and he comes out and he grabs you know his penis and he says look mom pee pee and she goes whoa, 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 whoa no 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 you can't do that right no 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 that's not okay that's not okay right right and as soon as they say oh that's not okay you sent a message to that little boy about a part of him that's not okay. So nose is okay, ear is okay, mouth is okay, my pee-pee is not okay, all right? And what happens, unless we start, unless we go back and really, really talk to this young boy who then becomes a young man about sexuality and body parts and everything, he kind of goes, wait, I gotta hide that part of me away now. You see what I'm saying? And he doesn't realize why he's even hiding that away. And the typical adult has had this happen to them, right? Mm -hmm. Even if we haven't experienced outright sexual abuse, okay? The fact that we were shamed about our bodies and things like that give us an opportunity to go back and then do shadow work, but we don't even know that we were shamed. So today when we hear people talking about 
body shaming and stuff. What they're really telling you is other people have had the experiences of doing the shadow work already, and here is the result. Wow. Okay? Yeah, this, this, this is the result. But, but, but so the internet has kind of sped it up for everybody, but the reality is a lot of people don't even know. And so they'll go back and they'll start thinking about things and, oh, my God, where did this come from? Or a woman. You know, a woman is being sexual with a man and she can't figure out why this doesn't feel good to me. Like, this reminds me of something and I just felt yucky. What is this about? Right? You see? It's going to be very difficult for her to figure out all of that stuff by herself. Right, to be able to even, yeah, identify yes. it. Yes, wow. and so that's why I say when you start, you know, really getting deep and heavy into it, yeah, you, you reach out to qualified individuals for that assistance. Gotcha. Wow, that is like layers on layers on layers with shadow work, so it's not, <laughs> it's, not light, it's not a light topic, it's not a light thing that you want to like you said just jump into by yourself because it can get scary um, right right well you know it, it's it, and it's it's one of the things that that was kind of crazy uh i hope i don't get in trouble for referencing like the greeks right because i know some people they're like oh we're referencing these eurocentric people hey, man, it's just what it is at this point for me but but the greeks were like look if you ignore this quote-unquote bad side of you that's going to become your master okay if you yeah if you don't actually develop a relationship with this thing it's going to become your god your master and that has happened to people wow you see yeah you know um so it's like we need help figuring this out <laughs> wow i don't i don't know it's almost parallel to purpose because i don't think you know, growing up, and I think I was talking to another um, guest that I had on, it's something that not a lot of people are talking to their, you know, eight-year-olds or 10-year-olds about their purpose. They may say, oh, well, what do you want to do? But really identifying and really doing the groundwork to say, what are you truly passionate about? So it's like shadow work and purpose can kind of run parallel um, together. But it's something yeah. that you can start doing shadow work i'll say this okay one of the fits of doing shadow work is that uh you go through different phases right so so uh there there are basically five benefits of doing shadow work right so real quick you know improve relationships right clear perception um you know you've got psychological integration maturity that type of thing greater connectivity through all of that stuff what happens is you start to identify who you really are okay you figure out who you are who you're not what your connection to everything is and why you're here okay and i think for a lot of people what tends to happen is because we've got layers and layers of toxic shame and generational abuses and stuff like that in families is that it's never possible to sit down 
and talk to a younger person about like what they're excited about, how they yeah. want to live their lives. And, you know, because again, one of the other things that contributes to people having to do shadow work in the first place is enmeshment, um, codependency, right? You know, all of these types of, all you know, trauma, even if it's poverty, poverty is a type of trauma, right? You know, all of these things prevent people from being able to do this type of work and experience this type of growth. Right. I agree. And then when you even think about trauma, like, I don't know, I was thinking the other day and I was like, I mean, this pandemic is one big trauma. Like, there right. are, you know, that's a whole nother episode, but... You know, there are people that will come out of this. There are children that will come out of this. There are seniors that will come out of this. This is a traumatic experience. Absolutely. For most people, this is a traumatic right. experience that people are going through. Or the world yeah. is going through all at one time. Right. That's right. Wow. This is else. Yeah. And so, you, as you see, guys, like this this type of conversation can, can go on and on and on. And if you missed the beginning part of this conversation, I definitely encourage you to uh, go check out the app for Life on Purpose and you can check out, check out the episode. But before we go, I definitely want to get into um, a little bit of the work that you do. Um, like you said, uh, with the addictions, I want to kind of talk about, you know, you know, some of the common ways that, you know, we often think, well, we know, we say, well, that's an addiction, but maybe some of the ways that aren't so common uh, with how they actually start. Could you kind of share a little bit about that, the work you do with that? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so uh, again, you know, being an addictions uh, counselor, and I've been in addictions uh, since uh, 2008, all right? And I also, I'm also recovering at, uh, so, you know, both, both sides of this thing right now. Um, you know, a lot of people, are very uncomfortable addressing addiction. Um, a lot of people don't necessarily want to see addiction as a disease. You know, there's that debate. It is a disease. No, it's a choice. It's a disease. No, it's a choice. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you know, but, but one of the things that I like to talk to people about when it comes to addiction and addictive behaviors or addictive patterns, okay, is simply this. Um, I've never met an addict that needed a whole bunch of people to get high as long as that right. addict had their drug whatever their drug was yeah. they were okay, that advice, okay. Yeah. They, were, they, they were okay so so i don't get to kick it with billy and everybody but i got my drug i'm good okay so mm-hmm. what we started to learn was that generally addiction takes the place of loneliness mm. okay takes the place of loneliness and it doesn't matter if it's a chemical addiction porn addiction shopping addiction gambling addiction tv addiction internet addiction it doesn't matter what addiction it is when you start looking at it you see a huge hole where there's loneliness okay okay yeah so now in order to get to that loneliness though you might have to work through one getting the person off the the drug okay getting the person safe from the drug you may have to deal with the tactics and barriers uh about that drug being unsafe for them you may have to deal with 
with a lot of other poor choices that they made um, as a result of being an addict, right? Because when you're in the throes of addiction, you don't have the ability to make a, a, a decent choice anyway, okay? Okay. Uh, but eventually, then you get to a place where you start looking at the family systems and the histrionics of everything. Okay. Um, and you eventually discover well, okay, maybe that person was abused. And in being abused, they had to shut themselves down. But in shutting themselves down, they were lonely, right? Yeah. I, had, I had to shut myself down as a child to be protected from these people, but I was still very lonely. And I used other things to deal with my loneliness, right? You know, um, even, even now, you know, a lot of people are talking about, uh, I'll use a very, very real scenario. A lot of people are talking about these folks who are out there protesting, they want to open up the state, they want to go back to work and things like that. These folks don't even know that they are probably having some some negative feelings and thoughts as a result of being locked down, of being shut in, right? You know, people don't realize, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm with my wife or my significant other every day now and that's not normal. I can't hang out with the guys after work and have a beer, and that's not normal. I'm here dealing with the kids all day, and they're getting on my nerve, and that's not normal. See, I have a process that I'm addicted to, that I'm accustomed to, and when I break from that, my feelings of loneliness and yuckiness start to come up. Uh, and